chosen look up. So you're like, man, well, how'd you get to that? I mean, well, don't you like the word look up? Because, I mean, you think about, right? Hey, you tell somebody, hey, things are looking back. No, things are looking up. Okay, well, it was late, and some of my volunteers have heard this, but I like, I want to tell you, the rest of my girls, we're having, you know what? We're just having a girls' night here tonight, right? All my girlfriends are here. We're here together, and we're going to have a good time. And we are having a good time. But what I want to tell you how we got here. So it was in February of 2020. And, um, yeah, we know what was happening, right? We were all excited. 2020, oh, what's God going to, it's going to be exciting. 2020 is coming. Wonder what's going to happen. Yay, yay, yay. We had no idea, right? We had no idea. And during one of my prayer times, it was in late February, uh, around middle of late February, I started hearing my spirit look up. I kept hearing those words, look up, look up, look up. And I'm like, okay, what do you want me to look at? I'm looking up. What do you want me to see? Okay. I'm like, what does that mean? And then I said, you know, like, okay, I'm looking up, God. Okay. Are you wanting me? You're calling me to fix my eyes on you. Okay. I'm going to do that. I'm going to look up. Um, you know, and then he dropped this scripture in my spirit that you saw on the screen at the beginning, and you'll hear us repeat it a lot. And it is in Colossians 3, 1 and 2 in the message. So, so, Cindy, if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, you've got to act like it. I was like, oh, am I not acting like it? Okay. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground. Absorbed with the things right in front of you, but look up. Be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. And I kept hearing that over and over. And I was like, of course, Lord, I want to live this amazing resurrection life. I'm sorry if I'm not acting like it. Show me where I'm not acting like it because I want to make sure that I want to do that. And, you know, I don't want to shuffle around, right? Who wants to shuffle around with their eyes to the ground, absorbed to the things right in front of them, right? And I want to keep my eyes fixed on you. I want to see things, Lord, from your perspective. And then strange things started happening, right? This is 2020, you know, the first thing that happened was I was, you know, at church and I'm like, I like to be out there talking to people, shaking people's hand. Some people were coming in. I'll go to shake their hand. And this, this man goes, I, I'm not shaking your hand. I was like, okay, I'm sorry. And he's like, you know, that virus. And I said, virus? I'm thinking, what's he talking about? A virus? I mean, okay, well, it's fine. I won't shake your hand. That's okay. But I was like, you know, all right. Then we had a girls night out. And that was at the end of February. We had girls, or it was in the first part of March, we had girls' night out. And then I was hearing these, a little bit of things, our speaker, that she came afterwards, we were talking about, and she was saying something about this virus. And, you know, and there were some people that were checking out at the, uh, we had our shirts for sale out there in the southeast, in the south lobby. And they were like, well, they didn't want to touch the iPads because of this virus. And I was like, virus? What virus? I'm like, what's, what's going on, you know? I'm thinking, you know, because I'm sorry, I'm just not one of these people that stay glued to watching TV or the news. And I'm not, I mean, I'm on Instagram, but I'm not on social media. I'm not on Facebook. And it's just, I'm just not into doing that. So sometimes I hear things and somebody will tell me, and I'm like, really? Oh, wow, I didn't know that. I didn't hear that. So it's kind of like that with this. I'm thinking, well, gosh, you know, 
the flu's been, you know, I hear about the flu. People get the flu shot. Is this virus? Is it something different than that? I mean, I'm thinking in my mind, you know, what's, what's kind of going on, you know? I didn't really know kind of what was happening, but I started hearing more and more about it, you know, and some people were talking about it. And I happened to go to HEB, my favorite store. Uh, all those, yes, okay. Anyway, I went to HEB and I was doing my normal grocery shopping that I'm normally going to do. And I'm in HEB and I'm running into all that, which I love to run into people. You know, I'm sorry, I'm not one of those that like to, uh, you know, do the come and pick it up. I like to go in because I always see people that I know and I really enjoy that, except I can be in the grocery store for like two hours or more, which is not a good thing. And that day I went to HEB and I was going around and I was seeing all these people I know and I was talking to them and I was noticing how all these people had their carts just full. Now, none of them that I was talking, we were just talking about, hey, how you doing? Good to see you. Well, I can't believe I ran into you. Well, you got a lot of groceries there. You know, when we get to the front, I can I meet you and you can pay for my groceries. That'd be awesome. You know, I was just kind of like, this is, you know, wow, I couldn't believe, you know, I go get to the checkout and every checkout is open and every checkout is full. And I'm thinking, wow, what's going on? This is like Thanksgiving. I'm like, what the heck? I'm thinking, you know, I don't know what's going on. So then I, and then when I get up to my cashier and I always try to make it a point to be nice to my cashier because you just never know, really people, I'm sorry, right? You never know what kind of person they had in front of you or in front of you. To those people, you might be the only person they see that day that's actually nice to them, that actually is kind to them, that actually says, thank you for doing such a great job, and look at their name tag and call them by name. You know, just a little thing, just a little thing that you can do. So I was talking to her, and I was like, hey, what is going on? I was like, there's so many people here. There's like, this is Thanksgiving. This is, and you know, and I noticed, too, some of the shelves were empty. And I was like, is there something going on? And she goes, well, you know, this virus. And the president was on TV last night. I mean, I'm sorry. I didn't even know he was on TV the night before. I'm sorry. I was really out of it. And I was like, he was? Yes. And we're going to, and I was like, wow. So I get in the car, I go on. And thank God, y'all, right, that I was at the grocery store and bought groceries that day. <laughs> right? I was, I had no idea what was going on, but God was protecting me <laughs> because I had food in my house. So thank you, Lord. And toilet paper. Hallelujah. <laughs> I bought toilet paper and paper towels. Okay. Mm. Thank you, H-E-B. So I, I get in my car, I go home, put my groceries up, and Rick was in Seattle, Washington. He was there at Casey Treats Church. He, had, he was there for, I think it was a board meeting or something, and he calls me and he sends me these pictures because he's walking around the mall, and he's taking these pictures, and there is nobody in the mall. And he's saying, Cindy, this is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. I've never seen anything like this. There's nobody here. All the stores are all closing. I mean, it looked like a ghost town. And he was saying, I don't, I just don't know. This is just crazy. And he said, and Cindy, they call me. This has never happened to me in my hotel. I'm in my hotel room. And they call me, and they say, Mr. Godwin, are you feeling Okay. And he says, he goes, yeah, I feel fine. Why? <laughs> Are you sure you feel okay? 
Yes, I'm feeling fine. Well, Mr. Godwin, we just want to make sure you're feeling okay. And we want you to know that we won't be coming in to clean your room. And if you have trash or anything, you put it outside your room. And we will not be coming in to give you towels. If you want any towels, you can let us know. We'll put them outside your room. But we're not going to come in there. I was like, wow, okay, he tells me this. And then I'm, you know, he's flying home. I'm going to the airport to pick him up. I'm driving on 281, I go under 1604, I literally look up, and I see this billboard. And this billboard says, look up, in red letters, with this red arrow pointing up. And I was like, I got it, I got it, okay, I got it, I heard you, Lord, okay, you couldn't make it any clearer, it's on the billboard, okay, you can't make it any, any clearer than me, all right? You know, but I was like, what's going on, you know? I was like, okay you know, Lord, I'm going to keep my eyes fixed on you. I'm going to look up. I'm going to keep focused on you. You know what? I don't understand what's going on right now. There's a lot of chaos going on, right? There's a lot of stuff going on that I don't understand, that I don't know what's going on, a destruction. But God, you're calling me and telling me to look up, that I've got to act like Christ, that I've got to keep my eyes focused on you. And I'm going to do that in the midst of all this, right? But as I said that, and as I thought about that, in that moment, I was like, God, that's not just for now. That's for every day of my life. It's for every day of all of our lives, right? That we have to keep focused on what God has called us to do and what he wants for us and his promises for us. We have to keep focused every day on those because the enemy is always wanting to kill, steal, and destroy, right? And I was thinking, God, this is a word for today. It's a word for every day. You know, there is such a temptation for all of us to look at, to look at what's going on, to look at what's happening in the natural, to look at the things that are coming up that are in opposition to the promises of God for our life, opposition for this amazing, abundant life that God has called us to, that he wants us to have. There's such a, uh, you know, there's such a, a, just a pull on us, right? To not look at that, to keep our eyes focused on him and to look at his promises. But the word of God, just as I read earlier, challenges us to look up to be alert to what's going on around Christ, to see things from his perspective, right? You know, God's not up in heaven wringing his hands going, oh God, I did not, I'm God, but I didn't even know what was going to happen. I didn't know this was going to happen. I did not know this. I am like, what the heck am I going to do? He didn't say, what am I going to do? He says, I am, and I have it in control, right? Not what am I going to do, but the I am has it in control. He holds all things in his hands, right? The earth, and that's, I kept hearing that come up in my spirit. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. It doesn't belong to COVID. It doesn't belong to any virus. It doesn't belong to sickness. It doesn't belong to disease. It belongs to you, Lord. And I like in Isaiah 57, it says, Therefore, Lord, I set my face like a flint, like a flint, a discipline focused on what God has said, not what my body is saying, not what my finances are saying, not what the news is saying, but look up and look at what God is saying in his word. We have to have a ferocious focus, a ferocious focus to not get distracted. What are you looking at? What are you focusing on? What are you expecting? Read the word, declare the word, look to him. Look up to him 
everything we need is in Jesus. Don't move out of that place of faith. But look to him. And when you look to him, then you will move into a place of faith. And faith is actually looking in expectation for the manifestation of what God says. A shift in our perspective. And that's what I want us to have. I want to have that. I want you to have that. To see things from his perspective. To look up because there's hope to gaze at him. In Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, it says, Therefore, we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses who by faith have testified to the truth of God's absolute faithfulness, stripping off every unnecessary weight and sin, which so easily and cleverly entangles us Let us run with endurance and active persistence the race that is before us, looking away, looking away from all that would distract us and focusing our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy of accomplishing the goal set before him, endured the cross, disregarding the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, revealing his deity, his authority, and the completion of his word. Looking to Jesus, keep your eyes focused on him. Eyes fixed on the author and the finisher. He began it and he's finished. It said the finisher. He finished it already. It is done. There's nothing left to do. Nothing left to do. Don't look at. Don't look back. Don't look down. God has called us to be eagles. He's called us to fly in the heavenly places with him. In Isaiah 40, 31, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar on the wings, high on the wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and they will not faint. 2 Corinthians 4, 17 and 18, for your present, our present troubles are small. And they won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things that we cannot see will last forever. Psalms 121.1, I lift my eyes to Jesus. That is where my help comes from. Psalms 34, 4 and 6, I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him will be radiant with joy. No shame. Our shadow of shame will darken their faces. In my desperation, I prayed and the Lord listened. He saved me from all of my troubles. That verse again, those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. I love that. 
Psalms 123.5, I look to you, oh God, enthroned in heaven, I look to you. I look up for your help like servants alert to their master's commands, like a maiden attending the orders of her mistress. We look to you, God, our God, with passionate longing, holding our breath awaiting your mercy and your grace. I don't know about you, but that's what I'm doing. I am looking to him. I am a passionately longing, holding my breath, waiting for his mercy and grace. And his mercy and grace are right there for you every day. His mercies are new every morning, new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. His grace is there. God has called us and equipped us with the necessary gifts that we need, the talents, the abilities to see, to endure, and succeed. But our problem is our focus and what we're looking at. We focus on what we're not. We look at what we're not. We focus on what we can't see and do, rather than focusing on what he has done, what he wants us to be, what he sees and does. We are crippled so many of us are just crippled. We can't, we find our place, ourselves in a place that we can't look up, we, that we can't. We're so focused about those things right in front of us or what? Looking at or looking back, but not looking up. We're crippled. We're crippled with fear, unforgiveness, anxiety, grief, depression, infirmity. Our past, we're looking at. We're looking at. We're not focusing on those things, absorbed instead with the things right in front of us that are in front of us and not being alert to what's going on around Christ, not seeing things from his perspective. We are crippled. And I want to look at a woman in Luke who was crippled and she could not look up and what the Savior did for her because that's what the Savior Jesus wants to do for you tonight. What he did for her, this woman she was unable to look up. Luke 13, 10 through 13. Now Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and there was a woman there who for 18 years had an infirmity caused by a spirit. She was completely bent, she was completely forward and utterly unable to straighten herself up or to look up. She could not look up. And when Jesus called her and he saw her, he called her to him. And he said, woman, you are released. You are loosed from your infirmity. Then he laid his hands on her and instantly she was made straight. And she recognized, she saw, she looked at her Savior face to face. And she thanked and she prayed God. And then in 16 it said, and ought not this woman a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 years, be released and loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? Because they were giving her, him a hard time for actually healing somebody on a Sunday. I mean, really, can you believe that? You know what? I love this. I love this. There's a lot of, a lot of excitement in the synagogue, which is the church, okay? There's a lot of excitement. Jesus is coming to teach He's coming to teach. All the people, you've got a reputation. They've been hearing about Jesus. They'd heard reports about Jesus, right? They're going to hear him at church. And she was going, she's going to teach and she's going to church. 
She was 18 years, 18 years incapacitated. But she could still go to church, and she went. But she was unable to straighten herself up. She was unable to stand up. She was unable to look up. Jesus spoke to her, this woman, a woman in those days who had no worth. They had no rights. Women had no rights. Here you are in this great crowd, like in this crowd of women, except this was men and women, and people looked down on women. And he saw her, and he laid on hands on her, and he said she was loosed. She's bent over. She's unable to look up. She can't lift herself up. She's permanently bowed before all people. The, the word bent over in the, is often used in the New Testament to speak of those who are disadvantaged. It's so sad, right? She's the lowest of the low, the least worthy of others' time and energy, but Jesus sees her. He sees her. She would have literally been looked down on because she couldn't stand up. She was crippled. And then figuratively, she would have been looked down on because they saw her and there must have been something she did. Why is she like this? Did she sin? Did she do something wrong? Why is she bent down? That's what they, in ancient times, do you know that actually I have talked to people that have come out of churches? They've come to me and they said, I was in this church and this one, I'll never forget this one woman, she's like, and I was having a hard time getting pregnant and having a baby and they asked me what was wrong with my faith and what had I done? So that didn't just happen in Jesus' day. That actually happens sometimes today, which is so sad, right? Just so sad. She's bent over. She's the least worthy of others' times and energy, but Jesus sees her. Jesus sees her. Maybe she felt shame or depression because of her imperfect body, but there's one in the synagogue and church that doesn't look down on her. He sees her. He calls her to him. He calls her, and his first act of healing for this woman was to treat her like a human being, was to treat her like a human being, worthy of dignity, because he gives her his time and his attention. And can you imagine this woman in this place, in church, and now all the attention's on her, and everybody's looking at her, looking down on her? She had to make a decision, and she bravely pushed through the crowd. She bravely pushed all those people that were standing up straight and looking down her with her imperfect body. And she came to Christ and he reached out his hand and he touched her. And he said, woman, you are loosed. You're released. You're released and liberated. Now look up. Look up. Jesus healed her wholly. He healed her physically, her socially, and psychologically. And all for the first time in two decades, 20 years. Can you imagine? I mean, you know, we just read this story. We can't even imagine. Can you imagine that she's able in 20 years to rise up and stand straight up and look at Jesus face to face? To look at him? To look up and see Jesus? Can you imagine? I can't even imagine what that would feel like to be in that place for that long and then to be free. And then he does something remarkable. 
He calls her by a name that only appears once in the Bible, Daughter of Abraham. The Jews saw Abraham as the greatest of the patriarchs, and they promised, and the promised blessings would come through him because of his and Sarah's faithfulness. Jesus makes sure that everybody in church that day understood that no matter how they saw her, Jesus saw her different. He saw her worth, and he sees your worth. And we can be daughters of Abraham. In Galatians 3.29, And now that you belong to Christ, you are true children, daughters of Abraham. You are his heirs. God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. Every one of you, you are his daughters. This woman spent 18 years a cripple looking down. Her limited view would have been focused on rocks, the dirt, the ground below her feet, absorbed with the things right in front of her. But now she could see things from a new perspective. Can you see things from a new perspective? We live in challenging times. Our life is in challenging every day, not just now, every day. You know, we can feel like we're crippled. We can feel like we're in bondage, crippled with feelings, again, of rejection, unworthiness, grief, depression, anxiety, fear, unforgiveness, crippled with sickness. We don't feel like maybe you can lift your eyes up to look up. We might compare our bodies given to us by God to what the world tells us perfection looks like. And it can be easy just to shuffle around, eyes to the ground, absorb to things that are right in front of you, and not look up, but look at and look back and look around, and not look at Jesus. In the ark God, that God instructed Noah to look, you know where the window was? The window was in the roof, so he'd have to look up. Because if he looked out, if he put that, what do you think his faith might have gotten shaken because all he could see was water? It's already a step of faith, right? Him being in his boat. <laughs> look up. There's such power in, that, in those words, the power of hope in hard times. We can stand stall looking at knowing that we are daughters of Abraham and partakers of all of his covenant. And you might say, well, you know, how do I look up? How do I look up? Yeah, I can do this. But yeah, how do I look up? Prayer, getting his word. You know, you've got to know who you are. Daughters of Abraham, who are you? What your covenant is? You know, I was talking. I'll give you a couple of examples. I was talking to two of my beautiful chosen girls. One of them, she's got a, a, a young daughter, two years old, and and her daughter got RSV, and then her and her husband got RSV. You know, don't you love when the kids come home for daycare and they get their stuff and then they give it to the family? <laughs> and they were sick, and then a month later, her daughter comes home and her daughter has COVID, and then her and her husband get COVID. You know, and she texts me, and I was talking to her, I mean, texting her back, and I was praying for her. And she said, you know, our symptoms for RSV were so much worse than they were for COVID. But because I heard those words, I heard that diagnosis, that test that came back positive and said COVID, all of a sudden fear just started coming all over me. And I couldn't sleep. I couldn't rest. My husband was fine. He was like at peace. He was sleeping. But you know what she did? She stayed up all night. She stayed up all night. You know what she did, though? She prayed. She read the word. And she worshiped all night. Because that's what it took 
for her to be able to look up. That's what look up is. Another one of my beautiful chosen girls, I was talking to her and she said, you know, God, I felt God calling me to this new place that he was wanting me to do something different. He was taking me to a new place. And all of a sudden I felt all this anxiety coming on me. And I was like, why am I feeling all this anxiety? It was just like overwhelming coming over her. And she said, I had to get in the word. I had to pray. It took all day, but I prayed. I stayed in the word. I stayed in worship. I had worship music all around me and it lifted that. And I was able to look up because that's what she was doing. She was looking up. She was looking to his word. She was looking in praise and worship and what he says, right? She was looking up. In Psalms 5, 3, David says, uh, this is what he wrote. My voice shall you hear in the morning. Oh, Lord, in the morning will I direct my prayer to you and I will look up. David knew he needed to look up in the morning. So do we. He was surrounded by enemies, both inside and outside his home. He was tempted to struggle in his emotions, but he looked up every day. Start looking up every day. If we neglect looking up, we can sometimes end up troubled, nervous, worried, and we can lack the spiritual power that we need in our life to overcome what the enemy's bringing against us. We have to practice it. It does take practice, let me tell you. And we can be at peace. We can feel confident and experience the power to overcome. You know, every day I make its practice. Like when I say I practice, okay, I've been a daughter of Abraham for a long time. So it just doesn't happen overnight. It's something you have to work at. Okay. And there's seasons in your life. And sometimes seasons are easier to do it and spend time in the morning and spend time with Lord throughout your day in different seasons of your life. I remember when my kids were little and I was driving all the time, my time in the morning, driving them in the car, that was my time to look up. I mean, I was praying in the car. You know, now it's a different season of my life. I'm not in the car, so then my morning time is my prayer time. You know what I'm doing? First of all, I'm getting up and I'm thanking God. God, thank you that I woke up today, right? Thank you that I woke up today. I get to see a new day. I look around. I see your handiwork earth everywhere. The earth is yours and the fullness thereof. You created the heaven and the earth and all that is in it. I enter into your gates with thanksgiving, your courts of praise. I bring the sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving before you, Lord. I come to you today remembering who I am in Christ. Thank you, Lord. I am in Christ. Christ, you are in me. We, I, we are one. I'm seated with you in heavenly place with all principalities and powers and wicked spirits under my feet. What's under Jesus' feet is under my feet. You've given me the power to tread over serpents, scorpions, over all the power of the enemy. Greater is he that's in me than he does in the world. Even though in this world I might have tribulation, I will be of good cheer. For you have overcome the world, and I will overcome the world through you. Greater is he that's in me than he does in the world, right? I come to you in authority and necessity of your word and of your covenant with me and my family. It's for you and your household. And I remind you of that covenant today. God, I am in Christ. Christ, you're in me. It is a new covenant, a better covenant with better promises. It is a covenant of blessing, of protection. It is a covenant of health, of healing, of righteousness, joy, and peace, and kindness. It's a covenant of deliverance. It's a covenant of salvation. I just that's what you do. But you have to learn that to be able to do that. And it takes time and you have to practice it. 
And you have to practice it. But let's remind ourselves every day to keep looking up to Jesus, to continually gaze upon him. Believe what he says, daughters of Abraham, and take him at his word. Shift your perspective. Speak his word. He is the author. He is the finisher. Turn your eyes on him and look up to him. Maybe tonight in this place, you are crippled in some area of your life that you're bent over and you can't look up, that you came in here with something tonight that is crippling you. I was one of those girls when I tell you that I am in awe and wonder of the faithfulness and goodness of God, you have no idea. You have no idea. I was one of those girls. I knew, I knew I was a daughter of Abraham, but I had no idea who I was. I had no idea of my authority. I had no idea of my standing in Christ, of my covenant. I was crippled with rejection. I was crippled and with rejection. I wouldn't get out this kind of thing. What I'm doing, this is a miracle, people. You have no idea, girls. The faithfulness of God is because of this daughter of Abraham saying, I'm not going to be crippled anymore. I'm going to look up to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is going to set me free. And because I said yes, and because I looked up, and I looked at his face, and I saw what he said about me, this this is the promise of that. This is what happened because of that. It is amazing what our God can do. He is so faithful. And our God is not a respecter of persons. He didn't just do it for me. He can, this lady, this woman was the lowest of the low. She was the lowest of the low. Everybody looked down on her. She must have done something wrong. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you've done. I was one of those girls. I looked up. I saw Jesus. I got into his word. I began to see myself through his eyes, his perspective. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord that your presence empowers in this place. First of all, I want to know, I want to be sure the most important thing tonight is to know that you are a daughter of Abraham, that you have asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, that you can stand in that authority of him calling you a daughter of Abraham. That's the most important decision that you will make tonight is to know Jesus, to know Jesus. If you haven't asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, just stand where you are in your seat. Just stand up in front of your seat right now because we're going to pray. That's the most important decision you can make tonight. And we're going to pray in just a few minutes. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe you're one of those girls that are here tonight, like this woman who came in and you were crippled by fear, anxiety, unforgiveness, grief. Grief. 
maybe a literal sickness, something that's, some sickness that's in your body, something that's, that's been there, that's crippling you. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus is here and he's calling you to come to him. Will you come to him? He's calling you to look up. He's here to touch you tonight. And if that's you, stand up. Stand right where you are because we're going to pray. Thank you, Jesus. Just stand right where you are. You're not going to leave here the same. You're not going to leave here the way that you came. Just as Jesus looked at that woman and he said, I see you. The lowest of the low, I see you. Come to me. He's calling you to come to him. You're not going to go out the way that you came in. You're not going to go out the way that you came in. Whatever is crippling you tonight, those chains are going to fall off. They're falling off tonight. They're falling off tonight. Jesus is here. You don't have to be embarrassed. He doesn't care. He doesn't care what you've done. No shame. Tonight, you're going to recognize Jesus. Tonight, daughter of Abraham. You're going to recognize Jesus and you're going to look up and see him face to face. He's calling you. He's calling you. Come. 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 Thank you, Jesus. He's here to heal you tonight. He's here to heal you tonight. He's here. And he's looking at you. And he's calling you. And he's saying, look up. Look up. The love of God is being shed abroad right now in your heart by the power of the Holy Spirit. By the power of the Holy Spirit. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Woman, women of God here, daughters of Abraham, you are liberated. You are set free. You are released. You are loosed. You are loosed. You are loosed. You are loosed. Uh, turn your eyes. Let's turn our eyes on Jesus right now. Jesus, Jesus.